1: Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Anthony? Mark? Anthony? Mark, are you coming to the office to discuss football land? Uh,
2: uh, We discussed football land yesterday. Right, we've
1: got to discuss it every day, Mark. We've got a billion dollars to spend on a theme park and we've only designed three rides. So I'm going to say to you now, get here right now. Yeah,
2: um, any chance we could do every other day? Do
1: you want to go to prison? Mm. Shall I take away your pen? God, no,
2: don't. I love that pen. Don't
1: take away my pen. OK, well, I'll see you down here in five minutes. Bye. (sighs) Such a lovely pen.
2: Doors
3: closing. List
0: going
1: down. Right, it's day two. Uh, Just a reminder, if you've forgotten why we're here, you haven't forgotten why we're here, have you?
2: No, no I do remember what we're doing so
1: we've been given 1 billion US dollars due to a clerical error in order to build a football themed theme park in Qatar in time for the World Cup and as we've agreed the theme park is called footballland two words well we've agreed that it's one word with a imperceptible pause in between football and land, uh, size one font. Uh, so it's It's one word, but it's also t- it's two words as well. How do we feel about our progress so far? I've written in my notes, uh, check in on our feelings.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm still quite nervous about the legal side of this, whether we should come clean. A billion dollars is a lot of money, and I'm nervous about that. But on the plus side, I am really excited to start a whole new venture.
1: It's a daunting prospect. I had a look this morning at Alton Towers' Wikipedia page. That They've got over 40 rides and over 10 restaurants. It is rather a lot, some might say excessive. So we've really got to get our skates on. We've only got three rides so far. Do you need me to recap on the three rides we've voted in so far? Yep, go on. OK, here are the rides we've voted on so far. The Leicester City Fairyland. The Tunnel of Donald or Wagner or Joachim Love. Jimmy Conrad's Conrad Biscan 3000. you excitedly uh, WhatsApped me this morning saying that you've designed a theme tune to Footballland. I'm actually quite confused as to why a theme park needs a theme tune.
2: Um... A big part of my thinking is that football fans love chanting. They love singing. We need to have a kind of musical identity. Uh, But I'm envisaging every time a customer walks through the turnstiles, I think as people file in, it just plays on an endless loop. Right. Shall I play the first one? Go ahead, you play it. All right, here it comes. Football football, land. football 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 Football
1: Sorry it cut out then or is that that's the end is it That's that's the end yeah Okay Is that you singing on the actual track itself is that the final version or is is that going to be somebody else singing or is that the is that it? Is that you singing
2: Well it's up for grabs but I think I made a good fist of that
1: Okay uh, I've just written a couple of notes uh, one yeah. I've written catchy. Yeah, it's definitely that. I love the repetition of football.
2: I think that's really important. I I thought so too. I wanted to drum it into people in case they thought they were going into a general sports park. They're in no doubt when they hear that. This is football centred.
1: I've written upbeat.
2: Yeah. I've written fun. Yeah. And I've written catchy
1: again. I, I didn't realize I'd already written it at the start but I put catchy in inverted commas the first time and then for for some reason the second time I just wrote catchy without the inverted commas but I guess it just shows how catchy it is that I've written catchy twice
2: okay let's 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 listen to version 2 okay here's version 2 this is a bit more experimental <laughs> Okay, that's that's number two.
1: Uh, Just a couple of things written down about that. Number one, and I think this is the main point I've got is I've just written not sure about the grunts.
2: Oh, I think we need a nod towards this being in another country. I wanted to suggest a sense of. We're in another land now. They don't sing like English fans sing. They 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 have a whole different way of speaking and expressing themselves. And I wanted to reflect that in a positive way. And I I think I've done that.
1: I've written, and that this might back up your point. I've written very Eurovisionary.
2: Yeah, I'd say Middle Eastern visionary.
1: You sing football yand more than than football land was that deliberate and will it be unclear to visitors whether it is football yand or football land as we have agreed it is called football
2: land i don't know what football yand is that's not deliberate if that's what you're hearing you have sung that you've sung football yand but why would anyone think they're in football yand when i don't think anyone would know what that is
1: and this is precisely my point this is why it will be unclear if even you are saying that it's completely football land and not football yand and yet in this song you sing about a football yand.
2: I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but do you seriously think someone's going to go through the turnstiles, excited to be in football land and they suddenly hear that and think, oh, we're in the wrong place, we're in football yand, we've got to go back through the turnstiles and go somewhere else, because we're clearly in the wrong place. That's not going to happen,
1: mate. Well, I'm convinced. Uh, Let's hear version three. Football, football
2: I went, right. I went for a barbershop kind of uh, harmony. I think it probably needs auto-tuning, but um, apart from that, you get the rough idea.
1: I think that if you did auto-tune it, why not experiment with going a few p- uh, levels higher in pitch and it, it could sound like a children's choir? Okay, and that would be a good thing? Children love football and children really like going to fit theme parks. I think that I'm not sure whether there's much market in... A baritone such as yourself singing about football? I mean, you look at Disneyland and you don't often in the songs that play around the parks or even in, in the the films that they make, you don't often hear a baritone voice such as yourself singing the, the main theme
2: songs. I would say there's a lot of baritone in the songs of Disney and who's to say if The Little Mermaid sounded a bit like me, it wouldn't be a better film. But you don't often hear
1: children singing in baritone voices.
2: Well, I beg to differ. There's a really big kid lives next door to me. You hear him singing, you think it's his dad. Well, shall, shall I Shall I put the pitch up and, and play it again? Go ahead. All right, OK, here we go. Yeah, that's much better for me. What about you? I, I'm, I stand corrected. I think that sounds really nice. I think it sounds angelic. That said...
1: I I don't I think there's some substantial flaws in the actual version regardless of how you play with the pitch and that is <sighs> I'm going to lay my cards on the table here. I'm beginning to have suspicions that you're trying to make football land into two words when we agreed it's one, albeit with a size one gap between football and land. That space is imperceptible, but the gap in your singing is way more than a size one font.
2: Okay, well, I've seen your cards on the table and I'm getting my... Are we playing with two packs here? Because I'm laying my cards on the table saying that is exactly what I'm doing. It's definitely two words and this makes it very clear.
1: Version four. Can we listen to
2: version four? This is a... It tells a story. All right, here it comes. An email in his inbox that gives him one billion dollars. What's that shimmering in the heat haze? Is it a football theme park? I think it is. Hey, let's go check it out. What is this place? It's amazing. Is it football now? Yeah, it's football. So that's that's more of a kind of Genesis odyssey.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, are you ready for my, my feedback here? Yeah. I've written, it tells the story incredibly well and only in 39 seconds. The narrative timeline is, I have to say, a bit confused. We're in the desert and then we get an email in our inbox and then we see the football theme park, which we haven't yet built. Are you saying that it's a mirage on the on the horizon, the, the theme park?
2: Yeah, I think I think don't approach my musical expressions in a linear, literal way. Don't be l- too literal about this. Is
1: that what you would say to visitors to the park who have questions about the origin?
2: Well, I I should imagine I'm going to be busy elsewhere doing slightly more important things, but I'm more than happy to employ someone to explain the the aural the journey that I'm taking them on as they come in, if there's any doubt. I think, you know, get, an, get a young actor type that, that might want to do that. I think they'd bite your hand off to explain my musical stuff to Is, visitors. At the entrance to the, the park itself? Well, if that's where it's playing, then, yeah, I think at the point of potential confusion, they, they can be interpreters. And I wouldn't want them to just say, right, it means this... Like if a family are coming through and they they look a bit confused as to what they've just heard, then the interpreter should sit them down, take them to one side. Maybe we have a, like a, a tent with soft cushion areas, and they just run a quick workshop as to what the possible interpretations of what they've just heard could be. Could you please play back
1: thirty four seconds till the end?
2: Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's football land. Definitely two words. Yeah, I thought that that might be controversial
1: it feels and this is just me an outsider looking into your, your song, but it feels as if you're actually as the author of the song, as the composer, as the, as the actual penman, that you're beginning to push your two-words theory quite explicitly there. And my simple question to you with that is, are you being deliberately antagonistic?
2: No. And going forward, if I'm going to do more of this, then I don't want them to be called songs. I want them to be called journeys.
1: OK, let's have a vote on the four songs. After three, all those in favour of every song say I. One, two, three. Aye. Aye. On the new rides for the park today. Here is my idea. It's quite simply Steve Mechanical Bull. It's a bucking bronco bull ride like you get in fairgrounds, you know, when you have to sit on the bull and it starts moving around and you're hanging on for dear life until you fall off. However, it's not a bull. It's actually a life-sized photorealistic 3D printed model of Steve Bull. Imagine it, Madame Tussauds, a waxwork of him uh, yeah. and it's, accurate, but with a fleshy, bony structure. So it does actually feel as if you're riding the former Wolves and England striker, and he's trying to get you off him to the best of his ability. The ride, it takes place in a miniature foam Molyneux stadium, so it feels authentic to the Wolves brand and to the Steve Bull ethic. He's competitive, he's trying to get you off him, but if you stay on him for more than 15 seconds, remember how aggressive he was as a player, how yeah. bloody-minded he was, so you're not going to stay on for terribly long. But if you do manage to stay on for 15 seconds or longer, you win a prize, you win a signed photo of Chris iwalumo So that's Steve Mechanical Bull, and... OK. I, I think, I, I don't know, for you as a ride engineer, you probably already have the mechanics... As it's a ride that already exists, you just have to replace the bull
2: with Steve Bull. Yeah, that's where I was going because I am, as you know, nervous about building these rides. So so that leads, I mean, it's good. I really like it. If we're replacing like an existing bull ride with Steve Bull, does that mean Steve Bull is going to be on all fours? Or is the person taking him on, uh, uh, are you perched on his shoulders? It'd be really interesting to see, in a physiological sense, uh, what is the hardest
1: way to stay on a person. So, for example, on all fours, I can imagine you can get quite leverage. You can wrap your hands, your arms around his neck. Yeah. And also, in in a realistic sense, in what everyday life situation would you be trying to cling on to Steve Ball for dear life? And I think it would be him stood up, and you wrapping your... I don't know if you ever remember Gladiators, but when yeah. Jet from Gladiators used to get her contestants off the rings in hang time... Yeah. ..they used to be prone, sort of hanging on for dear life in a in a stood-up position, albeit hanging, and she used to wrap her legs and her whole arms around their entire body. Yeah.
2: Well, the difficulty I'm having, then, is if if you imagine an existing mechanical bull and you want Steve Ball to be standing up, he's, he's going to be really short then because that those Bulls are longer than they are tall. So I'm thinking if he's on all fours, that's really easy for me to design. And I know that's not the overall consideration. We've got to make the ride the best it can possibly be. But if you want him standing up, he's going to be really little. I worry that will undermine the impact a little bit. If you go through thinking I'm going to take on Steve Bull and you see him and he's two foot high, you think, well, it would be easier if he was on all fours. I mean, the, the the other question that comes to mind, and maybe this isn't important, What, well, why is he so keen to get you off him? In the narrative of the ride, and I think we need to think of along these lines, why is Steve Ball so anti-being ridden? Well, surely he would be
1: anti-being ridden. He's got a stranger riding him. I'm sure if you went up to, because I know he's an ambassador at Molyneux. These days in his capacity in public relations at at Wolverhampton Wanderers, I, I think he's all for signing autographs. He's all for doing interviews with the press. He does tours of the stadium. He's generally a sound guy. Yeah. However, if one of the tour members, the visitors to the club, even if they were a season ticket holder, I don't think that he would let them ride him without serious repercussions. Possibly he is on all fours. Maybe he's tripped up. Uh, looking for a season ticket that you've dropped on the ground, and that's when you take your opportunity to ride him. So, yes, in that situation, maybe he would want to get you off him in the quickest way possible, which is literally a whole body convulsion.
2: Yeah. So is Steve Bull clothed or is he naked? Sorry, you're asking whether Steve Bull would be
1: all clothed or... Why would he be naked for this?
2: Well, I don't know. There's there's something about him being on all fours and, and... You're being asked to, like, mount him. I, I mean, I, I, I'm i not suggesting we make this in any way sexual, but is there something more pure about having a, a, a naked Steve Bull on all fours? You're correct. I
1: think there there is something very ancient Greek about it. There's something very classical. Yeah. Another consideration would be how easy is it to hang on to a clothed Steve Bull it's probably a lot easier than you think because you can grab onto his shirt yep. and I remember the shirts he wore in the mid-90s they're actually quite baggy if he was naked and greased up that would be
0: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online
1: Harder to stay on, I agree. Yeah. But then you've got to ask yourself, in the narrative of the situation, why is Steve Bull giving a stadium tour naked and, and greased up? So it really is swings and roundabouts as to the
2: aesthetics. Is Steve Bull on board with this, by the way? Is, have you run this by him? N- no, that's
1: that's actually why uh, we're going with a signed photo of Chris Iwalumo. Iw- Iw-
2: well, I did wonder. I mean, it makes more sense to give a, a signed photo of Steve Bull, obviously, but um, is Chris Iw- the the... The right choice. He only played forty six games for Wolves,
1: but arguably he's he's no less of a legend at the club. So I believe that Chris Willymo's signed poster is quite an enticing opportunity for fans across the world because he also played for Scotland.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lovely bonus. I think wrestling a naked and greased up Steve Bull is incitement enough for most Wolves fans. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great added touch.
1: All right, then let's vote on the ride, the Steve Mechanical Bull. All those in favour, say aye. One, two, three.
2: Aye. aye. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. So the the ride I've come up with for this week, I'm which gonna I'm going to
1: actually stop you there, Mark, if you don't mind. I've enlisted an outside pitch, oh, and he's actually waiting to speak to us now. So why don't we get this one out the way and then we'll hear from yours afterwards? Oh, because okay. th- this guy is this guy's fairly important. Um, he's a comedian and his YouTube channel, Big Potato Productions, is worth checking out. Uh, he also has an extensive range of TV credits for comedy. Shall I read them out?
2: Well, it sounds like he can't be. Waiting any longer, yeah, it would
1: be unwise to. So let's uh, we'll park that. And here he is now. Hello, Marek.
3: Hello there, hello, gentlemen.
1: Is it going to be confusing because you're called Marek and you're called Mark?
3: No, they're different names, Anthony.
1: Right, uh, I think we've got the small talk out of the way. Have you, do you need
3: any small talk? Are you comfortable? I really dislike small talk, and I just, I've got I'm really set on my idea, and I just like to concentrate on that. And I don't want to talk, I mean, I find it a bit unnecessary, really. Mm.
1: That said, I think Mark is uncomfortable not having small talk. So can we just find a, a bit of a middle? Can we just have one question of small talk and then we'll move forward? We'll, we'll give it a try. OK, Mark.
2: just wondered,
3: if are
2: you crisps or biscuits? What What do you prefer?
3: OK, so what's the answer, Marek? Uh, it would be crisps up until about sort of six o'clock and then I'll go into biscuit mode in the evenings.
1: Okay, should we, we continue? Should we carry on now?
2: I'm, I'm ready. Okay.
1: Uh, Marek, before we begin, uh, we'd just like you to verbally sign a waiver. You, Mark Larwood, are handing over full ownership of your ride idea to Anthony and Mark in its permanent place in football land, and you're swearing on a copy of Shoot Magazine from 1999. Uh, just to prove you have a copy, could you just tell us which footballer is on the front cover, please? Uh, Darren A.D. Thank you. Who was he playing for at the time, though? Was that in his Norwich
3: days? Yeah, I'm a Norwich City fan, yes. It was just before we went to Leicester.
1: Can I ask you about the first ground you played in, which was a giant quarry? Do you have any sort of cultural memories of that? I know you weren't alive at the time, but it just seems quite a weird place to have played football in a giant quarry where people were perched on the top of the cliffside to watch the game.
3: It was perfect, really. Um, In fact, the quarries came before the Roman amphitheatres, so the Romans saw the very early quarries and thought, "Oh right, we can use this for sport on a Saturday and Sunday. We just shift a couple of rocks out of the way." The experience was very dusty, but in the way, in that way, it sort of um, the dust helped you sort of become a different player, really, because you'd think about passing more without moving. A lot of it was standing still, not dissimilar to um, sort of when you see the blind football at the Olympics. Because there was so much dust, you just a lot of the players did just stand still, and they would just hold bells, or they would have small birds or canaries or something like that to make the sounds. And that's why they're called the canaries. Yes, exactly.
1: Would Darren Edy have thrived in that situation, or would would he have preferred Carry Road as it is now?
3: He was best in the dust uh, when he couldn't be seen. He was quite a small player, so uh, um, he was very good at being when in the quarry when the dust really kicked up. You could barely see, see him sort of sprinting down the wing or even standing still down the wing. And, and a lot of people haven't heard this before. A lot of people assumed they were formed in the sort of late you know, 19th century. That's all that's a lie. And the reason they had the yellow shirts is so they could be seen in the dust of the quarry.
1: Wouldn't the dust even coat the yellow? Wouldn't it be better to have, say, a reddy colour? Because even if it goes brown, it still it looks quite bright.
3: Have you ever seen a canary covered in dust? A couple of times. How would you know it was a canary? I
1: just assumed it was because I was told my uncle used to keep them in his loft.
3: Right. Okay. Well, uh, and it was as dusty his loft.
1: Tell me a loft that isn't dusty.
3: A lot of them these days, if they're insulated properly, they aren't dusty. I, mean, I dispute the fact that they were canaries in the first place. I think he'd probably been sold some knockoff birds. They were covered in dust. So you could never. You couldn't even tell what they were. They're probably, I would say, small pigeons.
1: Marek, what is your idea? Is it to do with Norwich City?
3: No, it's not to do with it at all. What I've done is, um, with theme park rides, a lot of them are based on films and current franchises. And I looked at, for example, Pepper Pig World used to be Poulton's Park uh, and a really average uh, average of rides there. They called it Pepper Pig World. Was it pig-themed when it was Poulton's World? There were no pigs. I don't know. I hadn't been there. Or what my brother told me, he went to Paulson's Park and it was changed to Pepper Pig World and it was three times as expensive. And you could go to the old version. and there's another sort of park where they had the old rides, exactly the same rides, but without the pigs, a lot cheaper. Who'd have thought? So I am using this business model. I'm applying it to my uh, idea. So... I'm taking the film franchise, The Hunger Games, and I'm making that into a ride in the theme park. Hunger Games with football players as the competitors. OK. Are we talking hard men or are we talking everyday footballers? Hard men. I think it has to be as terrifying as possible. I don't know if you've seen The Hunger Games. I saw it once about ten years ago. What happens is you will stand in a circle you put all the weapons in the middle and you have to run and pick a weapon. These can be football-related and then you have to kill each other. It takes a lot to want to kill another football player. People say a lot of football players are coming soft and they start falling over immediately or rolling around before they even pick their weapons. So you need, ideally, retired ex-hardmen players who have had history of maybe um, drug and drink problems and they've lost all their money through bad investments. So they'll do anything to make money. And also, it's just ingrained in their personality the they want the need to kill other people.
1: Could you name us some examples of players? At the top of my head, I've got Roy Keane.
3: Roy Keane would be your number one. So you're looking at Roy Keane, Vinnie Jones, Stuart Pearce, Duncan Ferguson, maybe older players, Graham uh, Souness, you've got. Igor
1: got Could we sprinkle it with some international hard men? For example, Pepe, Sergio Ramos, Gattuso, Paolo Di Canio, Thomas Graveson?
3: I don't rate Paolo Di Canio as a hard man, but the rest of them I do. He absolutely decked that referee. I mean, that was a vicious attack. You're right, actually. You're right. So uh, maybe we could have... Because um, I think of him as a skill player, like Cantona, I suppose. He's another one you could put in there. As a hard man, but because their skills are, I think Decanio is known for his skill primarily.
2: I don't, I don't know if you remember the Cantonar Kung Fu kick. Not many people do, but he,
3: he kicked a supporter in the face. That's quite hard. Mm. Yeah, but, but I'd say you remember his goals and his collar. I say his goals one, collar two, um, kicking that Palace fan in the face three.
1: Would you not argue that anyone can be hard in possession of a weapon? a lot of these players were hard on the fields but you give someone like as you said before Darren Eady, give him a grenade he'll happily throw
3: it yeah i think you could mix it up a bit i mean obviously what the problem well, it's not really a problem with this game is gradually players will get killed off so you'll need sort of a fresh batch of players so you'll be going to your second tier sort of less hard Players, uh, pretty sharpish, and then eventually the sort of softer retired players. Sort of like with Lineker, will be a last resort, I suppose. So if if you leave it too long to go to this park, you'll you'll be watching like Graham Leso. It'll be like yeah, Graham Leso, Jan Mulby, Matt Letissier, just sort of all the sort of softer players walking around quite slowly. So you want to get to you you want to be at the um at the uh, the premiere of this. Or you could just have, have events with highlights. But presumably, if you get Roy King signed up, which I'm sure he will, because I think he's probably looking for an excuse to kill someone, judging by the way his sort of stare, he's going to win every time. So the downside is that you will be killed playing this game, but Roy King will probably end up, he'll be in the game for. Um, or in perpetuity.
1: Is there a a state where, like in the Roman, in the sphere, in the Colosseum, where if you killed a hundred people, you would be freed?
3: No, I think it's nice, but economically, it's not really worth it because you've got to pay retirement fees for these people. You've got a camp, you've got a pension. And also, once once you've allowed
2: them to normalise the act of killing, do you really want them wandering around the park willy-nilly in non-safe areas?
1: No, you do you not, know, no. Go...
2: Going into posh and Bex's nail parlor and just running a mock because they think that's what's required of them is not going to be good for business.
1: Can I ask a question in terms of the theme park guests? You know, the the actual goers to the theme park are they? Is this in a giant dome and they're all watching around the side? Can you follow it on your phones, just watching on television as you go around the park? Well,
2: can, or can you
3: take part? Can you be one of the contenders? Yes, of course. I mean, people pay. It's a bit like going into space, but better. So you would be attracting multi-billionaires proper – it's, it's for alpha males mainly, for alpha male psychopaths. So, A, you're doing a social responsibility. You're getting the psychopaths off the streets and into the big dome. The idea is it's a big dome at, where you can – with. like an amphitheater, like the old quarry where um, Norwich City played – you'd have people watching as the players run towards the weapons and they disappear into tunnels and underneath there's a underneath the whole theme park you've built a beautiful sort of a bit like a crystal maze different zones of areas like a desert zone a countryside zone ice zone, but smaller villages. It sounds quite expensive, but the people who pay to play this game, you're talking about the Elon Musks, you're talking about, um, well, people like David Beckham, the the multi-billionaires. Sir Alan Sugar. Sir Alan Sugar, Bill Gates. They're going to see this and they're going to think, I want to be number one and sign up. And another source of revenue is the weapons in the middle. You get sponsored by Nike, you get Reebok, um, Adidas, so you've got like Nike boots with blades in them. Gola. Oh, yeah, Gola would be good. Gola exploding footballs. They'll make their own, and they can sell on these brands to children to, to play with at home. So that is a huge source of revenue. And not only would you be creating these new weapons in, with major brands, but also the betting will be a huge part of it. If you you'd have the only source of of the media, so you'd have the media streams. You've got the betting. You've got the the, the and also clothing as well. They're not in football strips. They're not in like militarized football strips. That would be the perfect thing. They would have different colours of their old uh, their, own, their old their old sides on there, but with different sponsors. You see, sponsor the shirts as well.
2: Would this allow for someone like Igor Biscan say who wouldn't be expected to do well? would what if he went underground into the jungle zone and just hid until everyone else wiped everyone else out and then just popped a single shot in the second man standing would would that be a satisfying conclusion or do we need to
3: prevent that from happening well this um hunger games was ripped off from the running man i don't know if you've seen that and there's a very good I- there's a very good idea at the start of the running man where they've all got um neck sort of um, braces and if they break the rules or go and hide for too long, these explode, immediately decapitating the player. And I think everyone would agree that's pretty fair.
1: I remember Victoria Beckham brought out a range of jewellery, and I think necklaces were among those. Keeping with the football theme we could have some exploding uh, Victoria Beckham endorsed jewellery.
3: That'd be great as well, because the thing with jewellery, the problem with the jewellery market is it lasts forever. So you, ideally you want jewellery that explodes within three to four weeks so you could get the the, the um, consumers to buy more products. Not if they've been decapitated by that jewellery. That's a slight flaw in the business plan. Well, if they buy them as gifts for other people.
1: The the Hunger Games, the film, it's... it's it's kind of a teen classic, isn't it? It's uh, In the actual film itself, they were children, weren't they, between about 12 and 18 years old. How are we going to attract the, the pre-teen and the teen market to this ride? Because it's going to be a tough endorsement if there isn't that link in demographics.
3: Um, just sort of get everyone to shave all the bodily hair, wax it all down. All body hair's gone, so they look a lot um, more youthful. So they've got no... Other than their haircuts, there's no... A lot of footballers these days do shave their body, so that it is normal. So I don't think once they were hairless, you'd be able to tell the difference between a 16-year-old and a 60-year-old.
1: Roy Keane is quite a hairy, hairy man. You're going to have to wax him daily.
3: Well, the beauty of this is, a lot of this, is um, people will be consuming this through media streams. So the people, some people were playing with it, but a lot. Of, and you just put filters on it. You put that soft filter, so Roy Keane just looks whatever age you want. Okay, well that's wonderful. I think we're going
1: to vote it in. One, two, three. Aye. aye. That's unanimous. Congratulations, Marek. Your ride has been approved. Well,
3: really, that's a relief. That's a relief. Thank
1: you. So that was Marek Larwood, and that's meeting two of Football Land complete.
2: Do you want lunch? Uh, yep. Yeah, just give me a few minutes. I'm going to try and get hold of Roy Keane's agent, Steve Bruce. Steve Ball, Roy Keane. Football Land. Football Land. Football Land. Football Land.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.